Good morning. It is Monday, April the 10th. I hope you and your family had a fantastic Easter yesterday. Uh, every year I find Easter uh, and Thanksgiving are my two favorite holidays that we have. Uh, one day we get to set aside uh, and just be thankful and specifically spend the day with family. Uh, for some people, that's fantastic. For other people, you know, it's the last thing they want. But we, in this country, we set aside a day uh, to just thank God for everything that we have. And uh, Easter, uh, I love Easter. It's it's about new life and new birth and conquering of good over evil. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of the best days of the year on social media because all of your friends put up pretty pictures of their entire families and you get to see their kids growing and you get to see um, everybody looks so happy. Uh, and it's so unlike what we typically see in our social media feeds. So I hope you had a fantastic Easter. Um, excited, excited, excited for this week. Uh, excited for what's coming. And um, I know you're going to have a good one. So uh, I'm Josh Pickford. I'm the host of the In Bloom podcast. That is what you're watching right now. Um, if you like this content, you can like share and subscribe on the platform that you're watching on we are live on youtube we are live on facebook and we are live on linkedin right now um and this podcast will be available a little bit later in the day um on your streaming platform of choice when it comes to audio podcasts so spotify apple google podcasts etc um Today, I want to talk to us uh, a little bit, or a conversation I want to have when enjoy this cup of coffee together, uh, is operating out of fear. And uh, heard a story over the weekend and just resonated with me. I want, I want to share it with you. So uh, this podcast is a 15, 20-minute conversation uh, over a cup of coffee uh, on thriving in life and in real estate. So today, I have got... Uh, a couple of long espresso poles here, and I am so excited because it is super bitter. So let's begin. Mm. Yum. So um, fear. Uh, it's very interesting. Recurring theme in my life that I've seen a lot lately is just um, the awareness and not 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 so much for me, but just I'm aware of it everywhere around me <clears throat> of fear. Um, obviously, the world feels like the world. It's probably a lot America, but there's a lot everywhere. It feels like everything's compressing, like pressure is just building. Uh, I don't think any of us, um, and you can go back. I mean, it's it's been kind of crazy for a long time, probably 20 years now, but um I don't think any of us, let's just go back to 2019, late 2019, you're making your plans for 2020. Uh, and you are, you know, this is what I want to do. This is, you know, who knows what might've been a vacation that you wanted to take. Lord knows a lot of people had those plans and they didn't happen. Um, could be vacations. It could be a number of transactions, could be something different you want to implement within your business. It could be a diet you wanted to go on. Um, uh, it could be whatever. Um, late 2019, even though COVID was in the news and we were starting to see some 
weird stuff coming out of China late in the year. Um, and there was a super flu going around that people couldn't quite figure out that probably was COVID, uh, but we didn't know it at the time. Um, it's like an early 2020 fear descended up upon the planet. And all of the sudden, all of the plans that we had, all of the uh, ideas that we had about the future and all that, like uh, everything changed. And that was not anything that any of us had any, any control over. We were just all along for the ride. And, and for some people, that fear and that, you know, being scared of what was happening didn't last very long. Uh, they started looking at uh, the data and everything. And then you started to see another thing happen where there was a pushback to all of the um, implementations maybe that the government was doing, that everything the government was doing, um, you started to see a lot of pushback on it. And then you saw a lot of pushback in the other direction. And um, it, it really feels like we've been at each other's throats uh, since early 2020. And that the inability to plan for what's next or to plan a vacation or get out of your house or whatever, um, and the level of fear that everybody has being, you know, so wildly different. I mean, we're in, we're in April of 2023 and there's still people who are terrified of COVID and there are people who don't see it as anything worse than the common cold. And those are those two sides, I would say, and everything in between are not where you find your conspiracy theorists and all that kind of stuff. So, um, we have really, over the last few years, really given into fear uh, and have sought to find a lot of ways uh, to, to maybe alleviate the fear or have somebody else tell us what to do so as that we won't have to be afraid or to feel like they have gotten rid of the risk, so to speak. Uh, and the effects of that have been, have been terrible. You know, like we've seen you know, suicide rates are up and uh, there was just, I wish I'd pulled this up. There was just a survey that was done where they were asking people um, about their trust in different institutions and that kind of stuff. And, and in America, like our patriotism, our optimism for the future, our um, hope within religion and hope within, you know, like God and just, like literally everything has just plummeted. And the thing we trust now is money, uh, which is which is crazy because money's never going to provide you any security, no matter what anybody says. It's not where security comes from. And if your mindset isn't, isn't right when it comes to money, um, you could be absolutely loaded. You could be millionaire many, 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 many times over. And if you see the world through a prism of lack, uh, you're not going to be a wealthy person and you're going to cling to everything with two like really closed fists and you're not going to be generous and you're not and you're going to live in this place where all you, what consumes you is that you're going to lose this. And vice versa, uh, my grandmother was this way. My grandma never had any money at all. And she was probably the most generous person I've ever met. Um to her own detriment, she would help other people. And she always has, um, always has. If I show up, I just saw her last week, actually. Uh, and she is 88 years old 
and she would rush to pay if she could get to the counter fast enough in front of me. Uh, and it's, it's, it's wild. And she lived a very rich life living. I should say she is living a very rich life uh, without any money because it's not, you know, she doesn't live in fear that she's not going to be provided for. She doesn't uh, think that her security is found within the money that she has. She doesn't see it as something that she has to lord over. She sees it as something uh, almost like seeds where you plant them and reap, reap harvest later. So um, I wanted to start there, just that we have all seen this and it's the effects of it are terrible. And when you operate from this place of fear, uh, you make the wrong decision almost every time. Uh, think of a time when you were you were working with a client and maybe you had had a couple of deals fall out. Maybe you have um, maybe you don't have a lot of business. So you have this client and you really feel that I've got to get this one closed. I need the money, what, whatever the reason was. I, I certainly as a mortgage guy had that where I had a lean month or I was coming off of a lean month or. Um, you know, the, the real estate roller coaster where you do all kinds of prospecting work and you fill a pipeline up and then you're so busy <laughs> servicing the pipeline that you don't do all the work to get you the big pipeline. So then you get like, and it just, whoo, like I, I've lived that uh, many, many, um, so many times. That's once you get yourself off of that uh, in the real estate world, you've made it like that's, that's where you have made it and you're going to be, you know, like, you know, that you're going to be okay. But um, think about this client that you had when you when you really needed to have a closing for whatever reason that was. Um, you can probably think of something you said or a way that you presented something or there's probably some story where you were operating your, you know, like your answer, your the the way that you represented yourself leaned towards getting the deal closed over leaning towards this is absolutely the right thing for you so to speak and and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean i got to get this person closed you're operating from from a place where you think you're going to miss out or where you're concerned about something else and what you didn't give was the very best service that you can you didn't give the very best answer that you could you didn't give the you know, you didn't show them a few more houses or you didn't, you know, you told them to take an offer that maybe you thought you could do a little better than if we waited uh, kind of thing. Like none that, that's never the right thing to do. And when you operate from the opposite and when you see the, you know, let's say your pipeline is completely full and you're making money hand over fist and, you know, somebody says something to you, you're not going to be as concerned. You know, maybe maybe you've got somebody who wants to be absolutely ridiculous in negotiations. You might just say, Hey, let's, let's find you another agent who wants to spend a lot of time doing this. Uh, you know, like you, you might do that. Whereas if you are, if you are feeling like you don't have enough, you're not going to do that. And you're going to try to bend over backwards and, and end up hating what you've done. So, um, operating out of fear, operating out of the belief that you don't have enough, a belief that things are bad, uh, a belief that things have to go back to the way they were. Uh, you see that all over real estate right now. Uh, if you're on LinkedIn, you can see countless, I mean, almost everything you see coming out of the real estate world is alluding to the fact that interest rates are going to go back down. 
They're not. Um, what we're coming out of, the Federal Reserve destroyed our economy. The Federal Reserve destroyed our country uh, with, you know, hey, we don't believe in family anymore. We don't believe in hard work. We don't believe in in God. We don't believe in patriotism. We don't believe in our country. We believe in money. That's because it was so it was free to get and like horrible, horrible effect to that. Um, just lost my train of thought. Let's take another drink of coffee. Mm. Boom, caffeine. If you if you are operating from a from a position of telling people that interest rates are going to go back down, you are not informed. You know, you're not doing the work to see what is actually coming. Uh, last year, when the market flipped here in Colorado, I started digging in to what do inflation fights look like. Ray Dalio has some great great stuff on on YouTube. Um, highly recommend looking into some of that to understand economic cycles. Um, what does inflation fight looks like? What happens to real estate? Um, how about this one, which was shocking to me to look at? How much leverage do we have in the system? Like when inflation was going up, <clears throat> why was, and, and when we started raising interest rates, why did gold go down? Why did crypto go down? Because there was leverage in the system. The, the, you know, real estate has been going down, which is supposed to be a hedge against inflation, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a lot of weird and, and you, you'll read this if you start to try to dig in and get multiple perspectives, which I highly recommend. Uh, you'll see people who are absolutely certain it's one thing and people who are absolutely certain it's another. And they'll say prices are going up and that's horrible, but we're not losing any jobs, which sounds awful. But when you know what the Federal Reserve is actually trying to do, they're sucking money out of the economy. Uh, so there's going to be fewer dollars chasing all the same goods, which means the price of everything is going to go down. Uh, when you start operating from this place where you're not doing the research, you're not trying to figure out what is coming, you're trying to hang on to what was, uh, you're going to make the wrong decisions. And I'm bringing this all up because I don't want you to. If you operate from a place where your hands are open and you believe that there's enough and you know that there is always, regardless of the economic conditions, regardless of, you know, like during World War II, when the men were all over in Europe, there were people in America who did really, really well for themselves and set their families up really well. Uh, people tend to make generational wealth in recession. There's lots of families who got very rich in the Great Depression. And you can go through all the different, uh, all the different times when the, when the economy is bad. Uh, and there, were, there was opportunity there. When you operate your life and your business from that place, you are you are not closed off to what can be. You are closed off to what was, so to speak. You you don't look at what everything has been for the last few years and say, we got to get back to that because I did really well there. You're like, OK, I'm going to have to adjust. Uh, and <clears throat> we're going to talk about that this week. That's going to be kind of our theme of the week. And, I, and you know, I, I want all of us, I want our industry in real estate to be one that's constantly planting seeds so that we can reap future harvest. That is always operating from a place of generosity and abundance uh, and and the best level of service that we can provide the people that come to us. Because we deal in this every day and it's something they do once a decade. What we're going to see are people who have to move, the people who want to or, you know, like the Hey, you know, we got four bedrooms, but I'd like five. Like I, that kind of stuff is going to slow over the next few years outside of the assumable mortgage world. 
due to affordability until the prices line up with what makes payments affordable and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to have to let go of thinking this is easy and let go of, um, you know, whatever it was that really worked over the last couple of years, uh, because interest rates are going to be higher. So unless you're selling assumable mortgages with those low interest rates, different motivations for everybody. So we need to be able to provide unbelievable service because if you find yourself in this market with no choice but having to move, um, it's kind of scary. And if you as the agent or you as the company representing these people uh, are operating out of fear, you're not going to make that that thing better for them. You're, you, that transaction is not going to be better. Uh, whereas if you operate from a position of always looking ahead and looking for where the opportunities are, you know, you might find pockets within your market that are really moving, or you might find product is where an opportunity, assumable mortgages, if you don't know those, that, there's going to be huge opportunity there. Uh, as the big, think big builders and the master plan communities and stuff, there's going to be opportunity there too, because we're building more houses than we ever have right now. So every market will be a little different, but if your market has tens of thousands of new homes with no buyers, obviously prices are going to come down and there's going to be some opportunity there uh, for people. So the story that I heard this week that I loved, and I want I want to close this conversation out with you. And I want, I want to share this, think of this as, um, you know, like the story someone tells you to encourage you uh, to press on, we'll say. This comes from me to you out of uh, a spirit of encouragement and uh, inspiration. And I want you to take this and just think about it because it's, um, I heard this and I just love it. So this um, the story in the Bible, uh, happened the day, uh, the, or the night after the recorded miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 men doesn't count the women and children. Um, so obviously a much larger number, uh, with, was it five loaves of bread and two fish might be the other way around. I should know that. Um, but the disciples were with Jesus when this happened and they gathered up a ton of, a ton of leftovers at the end of the meal. Um, and unbelievable story. It's recorded in the Bible. Um, if you were around on that day, you would have been, you know, that would have been one of those days where you are just on a high, like, Oh my gosh, what did we just see this? You know, like what crazy, crazy day. You'd be sitting around at night talking with the boys or talking with the girls and just, you know, reminiscing on what was that you, would not be a day that you would be afraid. So Jesus tells the guys to go the other side of the lake, which is what the Sea of Galilee is, and um, stays behind. Wind picks up. There's a valley at the Sea of Galilee that wind kind of goes through and kicks up huge waves, uh, which is actually kind of cool uh, to see. But the storm kicks up. There's waves. And around dawn, Jesus comes walking out to the boat on the water. Now we've all, everybody's heard of Jesus walking on water. Um, it's always interesting to me why certain things get recorded. Like I like to ask, why is this recorded in the Bible? Why was this, why was this passed down over thousands and thousands of years for us to read about? Because, you know, this story's 2000, you know, 2000 something years old at this point. Um, so Jesus walks out to the boat and the, and the disciples in the boat all think he's a ghost uh, never fails to surprise me how often 
they didn't recognize that guy. Like that is really, really weird to me. Anyway, um, Jesus walks out to the boat. Peter is in the boat and says, Lord, if that's you, you know, ask me to ask me to come out to you or something. I can't remember exactly how it's, how it's recorded in each translation. Each, each translation would be a little different, but basically uh, if that's you, let me walk out to you on the water. And Jesus calls Peter out and Peter climbs out of the boat and walks on water because he's not operate, operating from fear. It literally says this in, in the Bible. It says that he saw the wind and he saw the waves and he was afraid and he, he was afraid and he sank. And then Jesus pulls him out of the water and, you know, ye of little faith, so to speak. Here's the interesting twist on this story that I think is so, so cool uh, and why I share it. Peter is a, you know, Peter is like you and I. He was a fisherman. He knows that you cannot walk on water. You and I both know that you cannot walk on water. Uh, and yet, Jesus calls him from the boat, and he does walk on water. I think that story can be looked at as a metaphor in your own life, uh, where you're in the comfort of this boat, and there is water all around you, waves, wind. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that you can be afraid of. I think the water for all of us is something different. Um, for sure. Some people, it might be a family. Some people it might be your own business. Uh, other people, um, you know, might, could be your investment portfolio. It could be, uh, you know, it could be crime in the area. It could be fear of the country, whatever. I mean, like we're all in different work a little bit. So I think God calls all of us to get out of the boat too. I think that that's our opportunity. Um, get out of the boat, get out of the safety of, you know, the safety of the boat uh, where things are the same and we're, we're familiar with what's going on and step out on the water, that that is our opportunity. And to step on the water, we have to lean into what we're afraid of, the thing that scares us, uh, the thing that we don't know how it's going to turn out. Or maybe this doesn't make a lick of sense, but I know deep down that it's the right thing to do. Um, I want to encourage you, get out of the boat. I don't, I don't know what it is that you have to step on. I don't know what it is that, that it is that you're afraid of, but I do know uh, that God's bigger than that. And I know that, that you can do it, that you're bigger than that. It's a, um, it's an opportunity for all of us to trust and to not fear. It's an opportunity for us to lean in and not, and not lean back uh, an opportunity to look forward uh, and not go back to the way things were. So I uh, wanted to encourage you today. I hope, uh, I don't hope, I know, I know you're going to have a great day today. Uh, again, this is the In Bloom podcast. Like, share, subscribe. If you want to follow me, if you want to see what I'm up to, I'm on all the socials at Josh Bickford. Uh, I say all the socials, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. I'm not on TikTok yet, but that's probably going to happen. Um, also, Available on YouTube, uh, Josh Bickford there too. Um, and you can go to my website, joshbickford.com. Um, my getting out of the boat, my um, my trusting was putting all of this together. Um, I love to encourage people, as I've said in the podcast before, my favorite thing about real estate was sitting down with people and having coffee and sharing our dreams. And that's what I want this podcast to be. I hope 
uh, that you got something out of this today. I hope that you'll take a few minutes and just think about what the safety of the boat looks like for you and what does it look like you, for you to get out of the boat and walk on water. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Mountain, I will see you then.